Better, smarter, faster. The neural network needed to power the digital ecosystem of healthcare is poised to transform care both inside and outside of hospital walls in traditional care settings. Meaningful data analytics positioned in real time to drive better diagnostics, intelligent operations, seamless care coordination, and integrated telehealth. This is the future of connected healthcare. We talk to the experts about transformational roadmaps for this evolving landscape, what's working, what's needed, and how we get there together. Welcome to Healthcare On Air, presented by Verizon. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Healthcare On Air by Verizon. I'm your host, Leah Sims, Marketing Strategy Lead for Verizon's Healthcare and Life Sciences Practice. We are recording today live from the Hymns Show 2023 in Chicago. If you're in uh, at Hems in Chicago, come by and see us. We're in booth 4048. We'd love to take you on a tour of our solutions, introduce you to some of our partners. We're doing a lot of great work with some really great people in healthcare. I'm excited to have uh, uh, folks on with me this afternoon who are really focused on innovation in the pre-hospital space, how we're supporting first responders, and how we're supporting the evolution of virtual care capabilities uh, into that space. So I'm going to ask my guest to introduce himself from Visionable, and then I'm joined by my colleague, Kathy Lester, uh, who's part of Verizon's healthcare practice. Alan. Thank you very much. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, so my name's Alan Lowe. I'm the chief executive and co-founder of Visionable. Uh, Visionable is our healthcare collaboration platform. Um, and, and what we've done is we've set up a business to really transform the way healthcare is delivered for the future. Yep. Uh, my background, uh, and I grew up working in the NHS in the UK. I was the youngest ever manager in the NHS, so I managed clinics, cancer clinics, A&E departments. So I really got a good understanding of frontline services and how yep. Doctors, nurses, admin, all worked as a cohesive team. Um, and then one of my final roles in the NHS about 15 years ago was to run the service improvement program for the NHS for Westminster. And that was really the, the embryos of telehealth. So I did the first ever um, cancer telehealth system, stroke telehealth system. So these were things that were patient orientated, but really used technology to get better outcomes. Yeah. And and the sort of that was the embryo for where we are now. So we know that the, the biggest challenges we face now is is this workforce challenge. Yeah. And the old models of healthcare that I grew up in are unsustainable. So we have to change. And what we think we've delivered, we've delivered a way of connecting every patient to every doctor to every bit of information. And the reason for the partnership with Verizon is you cannot you cannot deliver digital without connectivity, reliable connectivity. Yep. So if it doesn't work every time, it's very hard to say that's the new service. Right. Yep. So that's just a little bit about us. Awesome, welcome. Kathy, tell everybody what you do. Absolutely, so I'm Kathy Lester and I work within the Verizon Health and Life Sciences practice as part of the customer co-innovation program. So Visionable is one of our first outside of the US uh, innovation hubs where we're collaborating together to bring connectivity and security and digital uh, transformation services into very specific vertical markets. So um, uh, I'm pleased to say that uh, that Alan and, and I are actually work quite closely together, really focusing in that pre-hospital uh, public safety um, first responder services space. So it's excellent. It's great. It's great to have you both here. Well, obviously the landscape for healthcare is changing. We're emerging from a global pandemic with um, new priorities, uh, new models of care. 
Um, we're certainly seeing uh, an interest from health systems to work more closely with first responders and those in the pre-hospital space. I mean, there was a time, and Kathy, you're an EMT, we're going to talk about that, where, you know, they were pretty separated, right? The, for the, the EMS space did their job, package, drop that patient at the back door, right? You make that care pass off to the care team, uh, and then you're off to your next call. But there's an increasing interest in pulling those two care ecosystems closer together and providing more real-time collaborative care, right? So um, how is the, you know, dis distributed care model that we're seeing now um, impacting the pre-hospital space and services, would you say? So, uh, so I think the, the workforce challenges across all the spectrums, yep. pre-hospital pre acute and so on, um, but the optimum model is let's not bring a patient to the hospital unless they need to be at the hospital. Yep. So the idea of the, the pre-admission is, is to triage better and maybe um, take the patient to the appropriate care setting. Yep. Uh, that's the goal of it. However, on the flip side of when it is in a, an urgent situation, those early minutes are the, literally the difference between life and yep. death. Yep. So I see that as the two paradigm, you know, efficiency, keep patients out or get them the treatment they need quicker. Quicker. Yep. Yep. And so as we mentioned, I am a, I am a nationally certified EM, EMT, so I do practice in the space. And I would tell you there's some things we're seeing in the U.S. that are changing, um, changing things quite a bit. It used to be that it was only transport. To your yep. point, I would package that patient up and take him only to an ED. Yep. And the pandemic taught us that the hospital is not always the right place to take somebody. I mean, we, we did some, we learned a lot real hard during the pandemic. So there's a couple things that are interesting that are happening in the EMS space, especially in the US, really around things like the new legislation that's, um, that's being piloted today under CMS called Treat, Triage and Transport or ET3. And what it's doing is it's allowing, it's allowing that pre-hospital space to do the things that Alan mentioned, things like diverting to the right care setting. Yeah. Is it urgent care or is it social services or is it someplace other than the high acuity ED? It is also allowing me to do things like community paramedicine where I can treat in place, where I can actually do a quick treatment and I don't actually have to take that patient any place. The nice thing about the ET3 regulations that are, that are you know, being piloted in about 50 communities across the US is the reimbursement model aligns with that care shift. Yeah. So it will allow services to really reimbur be reimbursed for treat in place or, or triage, triage more appropriately or divert. So it's not just from wherever you are to the ED. It's gonna, it just opens that whole spectrum to really make care care available in yep. the right setting with the right 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 response, right responder, right setting. Yeah, I think the care delivery system in general is sort of waking up to the reality that uh, first responders, paramedics, they often have a, a, a better point of view on the patients in those communities, um, what their care needs are, how frequently they're needing transport. They really are, when you talk about frontline, they're the most frontline. They, they can give you the best view on um, how, how much the, these folks are accessing services, need those services, and also where they truly could use triage and diversion to other uh, to address our social determinants of health challenges that are not necessarily uh, related to transport, for sure. Um, Technology is evolving in this space, so let's talk about tech. What are the trends that you're seeing in tech specific to uh, that pre-hospital space? So, so and obviously we're here at HEMS and we're seeing some amazing yep. technologies. Yeah. And there's so many technologies now around the world. And I think the challenge is, you've just touched on it, that EMS paramedic experience 
has to be so simple yeah. and usable. So I see it as not so much the technologies, but it's the integration of the right technologies packaged together. So we're looking for a sort of, we're looking for a system solution to a system problem. Yep. And I think that's what needs to happen. Obviously there's, you know, the AI and the learning and everything yeah. and, and voice technologies, which mean less, less time with a, a doctor having to tap a keyboard. Yeah, hands-free. Hands-free, yeah. things like that. But generally it's all about let, let the, the healthcare team treat patients and everything else should be useful. If, it, if, it's, if it's causing a problem, you should get it out of there. Yeah. So. We talk a lot about AI, but voice is one of my favorites. I tell people all the time, I think it's the dark horse in the race right mm. now because w when you talk about practical technology to give any um, frontline healthcare worker the ability to work hands-free, not to have to be at a keyboard or a, on a device, uh, to be able to use AI or NLP layered over that or um, conversational and AI that, is really powerful. And that's the idea with the whole hands-free experience for paramedic or EMS is that, you know, almost, you know, call call the command center, yep. not have to scribe for an app when they're, you've got blood. They're, and their hands are already pretty <laughs> Correct, <laughs> pretty exactly, occupied. right? Keep yes. them on the patient when it's necessary. <laughs> Please right? keep your I, hands on the yeah. patient. Keep your yeah. hands on the patient. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, Kathy Tech. Yeah, so I, I couldn't agree more. I don't think um, the solution in pre-hospital is never about a point solution. And we have to address most importantly, the culture issues, right? Because if I'm if I'm doing my job correctly, my focus is on the patient. Yeah. So I completely concur on the 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 value of voice as an underdog. So one of the solutions that that we're working with, uh, again, not only with the visual platform but within the the, the larger ecosystem, is around um, kind of a, a virtual guide. So as I as as EMS, I I could say something like, I'm going to administer a second dose of nitro. Right. And then my AI assistant could say, what was the patient's blood pressure? And it's not necessarily that I need that reminder. But if there's a lot of things happening, I might need that reminder. And remembering that when we start talking about those workforce challenges, the numbers in EMS are staggering. It is a, it's a 40% turn on a national average of, of EMS from a particular service. So it's training, it's quality, it's how you're doing different things. And, and voice... And, and seeing the same thing at the same time by all parties involved in that care ecosystem is going to make all the difference in the world. Yeah. It's all the difference in the world. Yeah. Besides ambulances um, in, in this, the technology, we could dive into that a little deeper if, we want, you know, if you want to talk about that. But there are other adjacencies that you're looking at, public sector um, more broadly, especially around mental health. Some thoughts on that? Yeah, I think holistically, the goal is to bring the, the service to the patient. Yeah. And because and patients don't have linear health problems. People have got complex <laughs> and, and various health problems. So why not try and orchestrate the team around the patient? Because yeah. that ultimately saves the system millions and millions of pounds if you're having to go in and out of the system. So what I see is the ability to bring the team to the patient. Um, and, and that, some of the cool things that we're seeing in this in this team yeah. concept or team approach, especially yeah, in the behavioral so, health, is well, activating those first responders like police or yeah. fire or even EMS, because we're seeing a, a prevalence of 911 or emergency calls or requests that are really behaviorally health focused. Yeah. And if you take if you take the, the ecosystem up a lay on go, if you look at all the touch points and if the workforce and the patient are at the center and you then say, Oh, you're calling an ambulance. You might not need to call an ambulance. You might, right. it might just need a pharmacist. It might be, actually, you could actually have the citizen 
calling the command centre yeah. before you dispatch an ambulance. Same with fire services, same with mental health. So it becomes a huge efficiency and productivity yeah. transformation, right. which is good for everybody. Well, and our key always is right responder, right response, right? How do we not do multi-agency service response when, when again, it may be something that we can... It could be a social interaction. It could be it could be an intervention in a in a much different way. That's a de-escalation not, of something. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a medical intervention. Yeah. It could be. It could just you know when we see and you touched about it a little bit when we talk talk about um, use of systems, right? So you know a frequent flyer or somebody that we see that does a repetitive type of call for ambulance. Sometimes there's a root cause there that's not necessarily clinical that we might be able to solve in a different way that would take some of that burden off of off of the systems and the and those yeah. first responders where you know we we keep right responder right response right and so how's visionable doing that today what does that look like from a care model you know yeah so so it's the different different starting points you know everyone's still coming out of covid and everyone's <laughs> yeah. still still dealing with it because it's hard to do transformation when no one's got any resources to right, change, right? Yeah. And that's, a, that's a big challenge. It's iterative. So yeah. it's generally, where is the biggest pain point? So, so in the UK, ambulances was a huge pain point, you know, yeah. in terms of the immediate need. But things like care homes, how can you discharge a patient from a bed into the care home? Yep. And what, what I'm finding fascinating about now, uh, the US market is, you know, Britain's a small country, geographically, you've got a real rural challenge. You are, you yeah. know, and, and the big opportunity that I get excited about is this social equality now the doctor can be you know anywhere yeah and that changes how healthcare does so i i ultimately see a better healthcare system but i see this dip at the moment until we figure out because it's a system problem yes and no one like you know if the care homes they need to be tied to maybe the retail stores so that you can go to your nearest yeah and we're looking at models at the moment mobile vans mobile clinics where you and, and, and the other final bit is digital inclusion is a big bit. Coming back to the connectivity piece, if you've not got connectivity, you, you potentially can't get healthcare right. in the new world. Yeah. So it's a, bit, it's a big, big responsibility. Yeah. Kath? So I do see, um, I see, I see, I do agree it's a different starting off point, right? And I think when we're looking at all of the adjacencies across anybody who is dealing with a caregiver setting and what we're seeing a lot of times is that caregiver is family right? right how how it's not necessarily that caregiver is clinical and i think when we open the aperture a tiny bit more and we start looking at um there's medical intervention there's social intervention there's caregiving intervention i think when we have a, an an ecosystem or play that's simple enough for us to keep care coordination together. So it doesn't matter if I'm telling you, you know, I know that my dad didn't take this drug at this time. I can get involved and say, why didn't he take that drug, right? Is it, is it a reaction? Does it make you feel bad? And then I can share that with a pharmacist who can then do those interventions differently. But I think finding a way, um, especially, and you touched upon it, um, rules a huge thing. Right. And, and the, the crazy, there's some crazy issues with rule, right? Not only is it distance, but it's it's capabilities. Yeah. It's and and it ma- and it matters if we take a patient out of a a small rural hospital. That can be the difference between that rural hospital staying open and that rural hospital not staying open, which then pulls care out of the entire community. We're seeing a huge trend in that with things like um, women's health and neonatal mm. care because those are the services that are being dropped from those rural communities. But imagine if you had 
community paramedicine where we were doing neonatal with handheld ultrasound in a in a in a mobile clinic, right? Yeah. I mean, the the, mor the the mortality rate with mothers and 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 um, pregnant pregnant care and well baby care and different types of things could it could be a huge profound impact. Yeah. And that has a longitudinal effect, right? It's not just at that time. It's it's through that entire mommy's and and baby's life, yeah. right? How does it start? And how do we change that at the core? And you I mentioned think something that. really interesting there. There um, is a, a concern, a growing concern, about the closure of, uh, of rural hospitals, right? Yeah. So while everyone's focused on how do we get care closer to patients in rural communities, let's get it into retail, let's get it into kiosk care. Um, that needs to be done in coordination and partnership sure. with those rural yeah. hospitals and health systems um, because they're all gonna thrive together. Um, and if, if it's not done in a way where that care is coordinated, where there's a longitudinal care record around that patient, um, then really you've actually hurt the ecosystem. You've gone after the patient, but you've hurt the ecosystem where they need their care. Right? Absolutely, because yep. yep. if you close the hospital, then you're losing emergency services, yep. and it's, it's not one or the other. It's an it's additive, it's an and, right? And that is gonna be one of the challenges of a change, because you're getting new systems to work together. So someone's gonna lose yeah. in a new setup, yep. whether be that vendor that or that provider or so on so i think there's a moral responsibility to get everyone to work together yeah yeah um that that but the technology's there i think that's the yeah one. it speaks to the power of partnerships is yeah. one of the reasons why this partnership with verizon and vision will is so powerful and it's not just us there's others that you yeah. know aligning within that as well you know there's uh, there's a very uh, dense <laughs> startup uh, space here at digital health. A lot of people rushing into digital health. We've talked about that on a few other episodes. But um, the collaboration possibilities are um, really, I think, where the potential to transform the system lies, right? Yeah, 100%. Can I give you a good example? Yes, One of absolutely. the big projects that we work at is stroke care. So it starts with the EMS responding quickly. And then it's once it gets to the, the, the hospital, we run AI for a partnership to get that scan quicker. Then we connect to the workforce, whatever they are in that country. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's about then transporting to the, the thrombectomy center. So it's a continuum of constant efficiency with the right partners at the right time. Absolutely. And yeah. when you look at it holistically and you say, mm. how do we put this into, a, into an environment that provides you that, that, that that quick connectivity, that reliable, safe, secure. I know that when I'm activating, and I'm activating from a from a stroke center in yeah. NYC, that I know that I can get from point A to point B absolutely all the way through. But if you look at the incentives of why we should do this, for, you know, first of all, oh, yeah. life lives get saved. One of the biggest killers yeah. in the world. Secondly, you know, biggest cause of disability and then cost the social care and the government. Long-term so, cost on disability. Yeah. I mean, it's in the multiple millions. Yep. So, that's just one care pathway. Right. And it's very easy to solve technically. We've, we've done it. We're doing right. it across the whole country of Wales. We've done it for, for many years in, in East of it. It's just lining up yep. the different organizations. Um, but I think that's what's going. I think that's what you're going to see. I think you're going to see systems working together. Where do you see Verizon as a disruptor? Like, w w where do you see the power of Verizon in this ecosystem um, with this partnership? So when we start looking at things like um, connected first responders, and again, go go police, fire, go uh, EMS, which is a little bit more on the traditional side. The ability for us to bring together a reliable connectivity solution, because if it works kinda, 
That's what you're saying. Yeah. Kind of works, doesn't it needs work. To work all the time, right? It's just <laughs> yeah. you know, you do, this is not a fail. This is not a fail at all type yeah. of situation. So what we're looking at is is how do we provide um, that ability to to extend that reach and yeah. and beyond that reach, looking at things that we can actually pull off. So the idea is not to load up a responder, right, or a an ambulance or a or a or a mobile vehicle. The the idea is to to bring those services and capabilities at the point of care when it's needed. Yeah. So there are some things that work brilliantly when we're looking at at an edge compute or something along of where where it can be an available system where we can activate. Yeah. We love the idea behind things like see what I see because it's really important. Fixed cameras are, are, are always really, really good. But I would tell you, there are some very intimate things that you need to see as a responder when I'm dealing with a patient, that if you could see what I see, you'd probably have a different viewpoint, right? And that goes everything from concussive or head injury or, right. or even in the social services where you can kind of get a, you need that intimacy. So when we're looking at things like see what I see types of, of cameras or devices or body cams on, on police officers or that ability to really connect the right resource to the right time in the right place in a secure manner that works every single time. It works every time. Close, connected, collaborative care across stakeholders. Absolutely. And you mentioned earlier, the people that know what they need are the people that are Doing treating it. the patients. Treating, yeah. They'll yeah. tell you very quickly, that might be a fantastic gadget and look good. <laughs> throw it out. Throw yes. it out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need it, right? Yeah. And Trust me. I I, Kathy knows this. My, my husband is a firefighter paramedic. So yeah. <laughs> and so I, I come home all the time talking about things and he's like, I'm just going to tell you right now, that's yeah. not going to work. We're not doing Or he'll that, get right? really excited about certain things. So um, he's, he keeps he keeps us uh. Well, one of the cool sure. things that we're looking at in like the fire service mm. and, and fire has such really interesting applicability with the Verizon Visual uh, Partnership is um, most fire services have the tethered drone now, right? The ability to get that aerial viewpoint for yeah. situational awareness into a single pane of glass from a forward command vehicle, it matters, yes. right? Where's the truck? Where do I park? How much, how big of a response? And then we add things in like citizen assist. And citizen assist allows us to integrate with a computer-aided dispatch and then push a, a QR code or a text that allows me to get that first-person video from that point of 911 call. Yeah. So I know, am I, as EMS, it's always fire and EMS, right? Rarely yeah. do I need fire and EMS, right? Yeah. It's usually one or the other, but it's always a multi-agency response, right? Yeah. Because I don't know what we're getting into. The situational awareness is not there at the first point of dispatch. At dispatch. Right. That's where the situational awareness it is, is really needed. It is, because yeah. I, I just yeah. send, I send everybody to it. I'm like, eh, it's <laughs> gonna be something like this. Yeah. Everybody, everybody get in the units. truck, right? <laughs> Everybody's yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> so and that's not an that. efficiency gain for EMS yeah. either, right? So well, it's yeah. not good for fire. It's no. it's bad for the patient, right? Because when forty-seven cars, you get fire trucks. I mean, everybody's on the street. This, it's yeah. not. You know, yep. we we got to right size this a little bit better to make it more efficient and, and a little better system. But yeah. I think it's cool. It's a. Uh, Finding that ability to see that first-person yeah. video makes a huge difference. It's wonderful. All yeah. right, so we're at, cl- at the end of our time. I'm going to ask you the same question I'm going to ask uh, most everybody in this booth this weekend. When you come to a show like Hims, um, what what do you get excited about? What piques your interest when you're walking around the show floor when you're looking at innovation? What, 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 do, what do you see when you come here? The cool next sexy thing. So I'm seeing a lot of people chasing... Um, the, the wearable space. Now, again, do, do not get me wrong. I've got 47 watches on. My bed's smart. I got a hundred different things. Like, yeah, I got a million things. 
when I see is a, I get excited when I see the, 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 the smaller companies that are looking for a, a system solution. So it's not a widget, a gizmo, a gadget, right. a thing. It is, it is a feed to a system that actually gives me something I can take action on. And there's a few of them around. I've seen yep. there's, some, there's some pretty good ones that are, that are saying, I don't, care what the di- I don't care what the gizmo. Pick a gizmo, right? Whatever yep. that is. But, but it's everything layered behind that. That's it, it's give me something. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it doesn't help me if I know that I took 16 breaths a minute at night. If, that's interesting. Right. But it's not relevant for me to do behavioral or habit change for, yep. for, that, for any type of platform on that. So I, I like those. Yeah, uh, so all these conferences, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for who's solving a problem. Yes. And then I try and weave the sort of chessboard to go, because I know what the customer's <laughs> problem is, but I go, that's the piece that solves that particular problem. And then I look for, you know, because some of these technologies, especially the startups, yeah. they, they, they could be in the wrong space. Right. You know, someone once said to me, it's sort of like if, if Michelangelo was born in Uganda, you wouldn't realize he was a, a great, a great <laughs> a painter. Great painter. Yeah. So sometimes these are the right products in the wrong market. Yeah. They're in the wrong country or the wrong. Yeah. So, I, yeah, so it's just, it's good to sort of see what problems are solving yep. as opposed to what's unique about it. That's what, that's my personal view. No, that's view. great. We're, the ecosystem around those uh, solutions is really important. Yeah. And are they in the right ecosystem? Do they right have, have the right Correct. Uh, partners? Um, and are they... Um, solving for an actual problem versus an assumed problem. That's another one, but uh, we could, we could they, talk about that. We created and solved yeah. the same day. Exactly. Well, this has been a great, great discussion. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Ellen, um, Kathy, for being here. Uh, love the work that we're doing with you guys and love to see that partnership uh, continue to grow. Thanks for, uh, to our audience for joining us today. Uh, we'll see you back later. Uh, again, if you're at the Him Show, 2023 Him Show, come by and see us, booth 4048. You can subscribe to Healthcare on Air by Verizon at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or you can find the video versions of these on our LinkedIn pages and on our website. Thanks so much for joining us. 